I was at a a meeting of recovery today, you know, AA and stuff. Yeah, I was at a meeting recovery at noon. And so the topic was a higher power, turning one's will and life over to the care of a higher power. I got in late, so I missed some of it, but I got that was the gist of it. So I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, and then in, in, in AA, to make it as easy as possible for people to come in, because the, alcoholism has one quality, which is reluctance, <laughs> reluctance and resistance and denial. So they made the statement, a God, a higher power of your own understanding. So, yeah, you don't have to, you're not taking, you're not taking any one of these names, you know, Ganesh or Ram or Buddha or Jesus or anything like that. Just of your own understanding, so that you can enter into this program, whatever. So, let's say I'm sitting in a room with like 25 people, and maybe many of them have practiced or been involved in recovery, and they've gotten a lot of results from it, yes? But they may have all different ideas of that God or whatever that they surrendered to. Yeah. So, but the, the effects that are they're experiencing, I don't believe is what they surrendered to or what what they're trying to move towards but what they're moving from so they're all coming out of the ass of self so to speak and as they come out of the ass of self they feel better yeah when they're not so obsessed with this idea of being a long-lasting independent separate entity and the obsession you won't even notice the obsession with self you'll notice the self obsessing quite a lot over things but you won't really notice the basic obsession which is the mental state's obsession with self yeah, with this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity with the attributes of, let's say, consciousness or spirit, but in the body. Yeah? So basically, seeing is interpreted as I'm the seer. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Thinking, I'm the thinker. Feeling, I'm the feeler. That would be the sense of self. The sense of self of being the doer, the haver. Yeah? So the sense of self claims whatever activity or process is being noticed by consciousness and takes it to be mine. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So that obsession is very rarely noticed. So what happens is in recovery, they say make up any signpost you want for a power greater than you. It could be a doorknob or whatever. And just continue what we do in this program and you'll start feeling better. Now you may think it's the effect of the doorknob, but it may be just the effect that you're leaving uh, a mental state called self you're being moved out of there or your interest and attention and you may be giving credit to what you're moving towards but the relief is from what you're moving from yeah that's the biggest producer of an effect because everyone in the room has like 15 different opinions of their god but if they're doing the steps of aa they're getting some relief from the bondage of self under islam under you know Judaism, on the Buddhism, on the Christianity, of non-duality, atheism, whatever it may be, because it's more, it's, it's, they're getting the relief of something that was seemingly present by its absence, yeah, so they're moving out of self, and then they get the sense what was always there and always available, but not as or through self, yeah. So if the mental state that's producing selfing gets diminished, something that you actually are, and all the possibilities that can be, become apparent. Maybe quickly, maybe slowly, but it starts dawning in this life. Yeah. Now, it's not really produced because it was inherently there, so nothing's actually doing it, 
but you may use something to bring yourself out of it. So you may call it a, a path or this or that, but, or meditation, whatever you may do. But basically, it's a diminishing of a mental state that produces what you call all your spiritual realizations. And let's say you go as far, far away from self as possible, what you're going to find, let's say that God is this higher power way far from you and does all these things for you, but the closer and closer you get to the power, the more you realize it's right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary. And then the breakthrough is that you're that. Yeah. Now you believe by going to this, you realize that you're all of that, but it's really getting out of something yeah, and moving towards this seeming goal, but you're not actually moving away. Yeah, You're right where you've always been, but your interest and attention goes there, and then when it gets closer to God, it realizes, I'm God. Like Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. Yeah, So there you are, you're finally finishing, climaxing the journey of knowing God, and what dawns on you? I've been that all along. Yeah, Isn't it the case? When you supposedly have an awakening event, you're not awakening to anything that wasn't there already. You're awakening to being awakened. You're already awake, but you're awakening to that. Now, it may take this long-seeming, circuitous route that I can't get it from where I am about what I am. I've got to go through a power greater than me or self to finally dawn that I'm that power greater than self. <laughs> I was always that power greater than self, but I, I was taking myself to be a self and that was limiting that power. Yeah? You see? It's so beautiful. So, if you realize that it's, it's by recognizing what you're not, you'll realize what you are. It's never going to be by realizing the truth, you'll come to know the truth. You are the truth. Yeah? It's by realizing what's causing or what it can't cause, but what is making it seem like that isn't so is an obsession with a mental idea. That's all it is. We are fixated in an idea that we're a body. Yeah? And that, that reference point overrides everything. Even what we call spirituality in the way it's packaged now is framed in a body state. You're on a spiritual journey. What goes on a journey but a body? What's this, where's the spirit going to go? Yeah? Where's awareness going to go? How is consciousness going to take a journey to consciousness when all there is is consciousness? There'd be no need for a journey, yeah? But a body takes a journey. Or you are raised to the highest peak of reality, of realization. What gets raised to a peak? A body. The spirit doesn't. Is the spirit only four feet tall and has to be raised to a higher position? No, there's no demarcation. It's not located anywhere. Why are we framing that quality of inherent being into a body frame? Because of the language. We can't get out of what we think we're in. That's the dilemma. We want to think ourselves out of the thought system, and it's impossible. You're not going to use thought to get out of the thought system. You've got to realize they're not your thoughts. They're not yours. If they're not yours, the whole ballgame changes. It's not like, I'm only having good thoughts, they're still cast as yours. I'm having a lot of bad thoughts, they're cast as yours. Where is the one linchpin in all the different thoughts that you think you have? Is the haver of them. Yeah, the thinker of them. Yeah? So, can you imagine that it isn't the thoughts that are bringing you meaning, but it's the, th the thought of being a thinker that's injecting all those thoughts with meanings. 
Maybe the idea of being a thinker, just like they have that thing in uh, computer now, iCloud, yeah? So this is, there's no cloud, is there? Something like that. <laughs> is it a cumulus or stratus or a rain cloud? There's no cloud. It's just information just is there. It's, it's not like, oh, the, the, the iCloud's bigger today. It's like, oh, it's going to rain information today. The iCloud lightning bolts are coming out of it. It's not a cloud, obviously. It represents what they can't put a name to. It's just tons of possible information just somewhere. And then we have found a way to access it. Yeah? Oh, and then what happens? Something downloads. Yeah? It's not in the computer. It's not in it. It's not in its storage. It's stored in here somewhere. And then it comes through the computer, and then it plays itself out. Well, let's call it the me cloud. Yeah. So in this, in mind, and in mentality, there are a lot, a lot of potentialities. Everything is imminent and possible. It's not, not everything's not manifesting, but anything can manifest. But it has to go through a vehicle. And some of it has to go through this, yeah? So, let's say there's this me, right? This me cloud. And this me cloud isn't just connected by me, through me. It's connected through Scott, through Paul, through Susanna, because they all believe they're me, yeah? But with different names. But it's the same me. So they access the same me information. It downloads through them and then injects the thoughts. And then when they think the thoughts are bringing it to them, but it's through Susanna that those thoughts get the meaning. It's not the thoughts giving Susanna a meaning. Through Susanna, the thoughts are given meaning. So where would be the relief? Fighting thousands of thoughts or going to the one spigot all the meaning's coming through? You. The idea of being you, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And you configured in that situation as the thinker or the thought about you wouldn't see it's much more economical to go there than to try to go through the thousands of thoughts because there's going to be thousands of thoughts every day. But there's only one sense of being a thinker, and it's you. Yeah? Go there. That's where the relief lies. If you're trying to manicure and landscape and harness and cultivate thoughts, you're fucking lost. Yeah? <laughs> you, are, you don't realize as you're trying to clean them up seeds are coming out of you and more shit's popping up and every time you cut something down just because it's you doing it there's more seeds going into that mental soil growing more shit you know what I mean and then you can become an incredible expert landscaper but you're still bound to that job or it will overwhelm you that's a form of slavery isn't it to me it is so the idea of being the thinker precedes every thought. It precedes every thought. Most people recognize a thought as theirs, that they're doing it, or it's about them. It's one or the other, or it's about someone in relationship to them. Yeah? Every thought. Every thought tattooed with I'm the thinker. Where would you go for relief from thoughts? Where would you go? To a thousand thoughts? Or to that one that precedes all the other thoughts? And that one is what lends meaning to all the other thoughts. Yeah. And we may think of that different, but all it is really the nouns are different. You're mad at Bob and I'm mad at Steve, but it's the same thoughts. We're all engaged in this me cloud all day. 
Yeah? We are. We're looking at life as it pertains to us. We see life's happening to me. In a lot of cases. I'm just studying the basic mental state. Instead of seeing life as happening. Life is happening is an experience. Life is happening to me is an interpretation. Yeah. So the freedom is prior to the bondage. That's the only freedom that works anything, is prior to bondage. If it's after bondage, it's going to lead to another bondage. It's going to be bondage, attempt freedom, freedom, bondage, freedom, bondage, freedom. Like a slinky. The drive to be free produces a a bondage. This produces a free... But prior to it, if you see that you're not the thinker, you'll lose interest in the thoughts. Simple as that. It's not about if if you spend two years studying thoughts, that would be that could be seen as an obsession with self. So you're studying thoughts to get out of thoughts, but you're in more thought. But the thing is, is when you lose interest in the thought system, and you do and you will if they're not yours, you will lose interest in them. There's no way you're going to spend more than an hour thinking about what happened to Stanley five years ago unless you're Stanley, or unless you're going out with Stanley, or one of your kids' name is Stanley. Seriously, you're not. It would be boring as hell. And you're definitely not going to project, oh, I can't, can't imagine what could happen to Stanley four years from now. You're not going to go there. The only, the only <laughs> Those thoughts are not going to draw anyone's attention other than the attention you call yours. If you believe it's about you, you'll be attentive to it. You'll follow those thoughts ad nauseum, year day after day, year after year, into yesterday and tomorrow. Unbelievably so. Maybe you would do it for some of your kids, all your kids, hopefully. But after that, the sphere of influence is over, pretty much. You know what I mean? So what would happen if a thought was seen as not mine, or even, let's say, Stanley's? You would have a whole different feeling around it. You would have a totally different feeling if the... It's like simply this. The mental process called selfing, its first movement is the claim. It, it, takes, it claims all the process that this body and everything's going through, and it uses them to facilitate the bondage to an idea of being a self. You want to see how it does it? There's a thought, but the thought is held as my thought. Yeah? Now, you don't think there's a big difference? Put the word money up here. Put the word health up here. Put the word, word sex up here. Everyone would, it would trigger a meaning or a feeling, every one of us. Let's add weight to it. Not by changing the word sex, money, health, but adding a word to it. My money. I love to see everyone here have lots of money, but you're not getting any of mine. No fucking way. Yeah? My changes everything. I don't have to change money. Money's there, my money. Health, my health. Oh, it does, bro, it does. Sex, my sex. No? You just described the 12-step process, right? So there's a ladder that people are on. It isn't an absolute fixation with self, right? There's little cheeks in the arm along the way. Oh, definitely. Yes. There's degrees. But what we're explaining is the basic, the impersonal activity of selfing, not the, not the degrees of a mind moving out of selfing. But you started the conversation out with the analogy of Twelve steps moving away from identification, absolutely itself. Exactly. You can trace yourself back into an absolute. Yes. 
Well, exactly. Well, it, it's not an absolute vision. It's just a vision. It may seem absolute from where we're looking at it from. It's absolute to the self-grasping mind that has no idea where the edges are of those poor people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Oh, no, no, no. Well, this is a different topic. Oh, there's a huge compassion element there. What would happen if you found something or something dawned on you that, in your own experience, was the, the radical relief of the bondage of self? And then you went for AA for another 16 years sharing it. 26 years. Yeah, 26 for me. But sharing it for 19 years in AA. That's not compassion? Well, I hadn't qualified it yet. You know, I mean, they give still to be qualified. Yeah, yeah. But do you see what I mean? This, the absolute doesn't mean there's no compassion. I'm speaking about absolute in the idea that that particular person is so totally fixated that they're living a hellish life. Oh, no, no, no. We're using that as a broad stroke to, put, to get a point across. We're not personalizing it. We're using it as a broad stroke. But if you can hold your questions to the afterwards, because we're making a loose fight here. You asked me. I know, I know, I know. I broke my own rule, but it's all right. <laughs> because then it, we produce a souffle, then we can go into it. I was just sharing about this idea that when you're moving, see a lot of people put emphasis on what they're moving towards, like a god or this and that, and then there's a lot of argument in recovery about God and this and that. Yes? The Christian God, people don't like that, they don't like this, they don't like that. But if you see that it's more of moving away from, and that these signposts are basically just signposts mind is using to come out of itself in a way, then there would be no, the charge would be taken out of all the differences. So the atheist, the other day, I, why I brought it up was that I was at a recovery meeting and two atheists were there and they were getting upset because the person was talking about God. Yeah. Now, if you see it this way, they wouldn't be upset because they're, what bothers them, I'd imagine, is they're getting relief from the program and they don't have any idea of God. But they're getting relief from, their, from being in the program. So they're getting the relief not by atheism or the atheism coming into their lives. They're getting relief because they're moving out of the bondage of self. Yeah? Uh, don't answer because it will start over again. That's what I was just, that's where I was going. Then I just go to the point where I'm attempting to describe mind, big M mind, and then and then mental a uh, mental state called selfing. Yeah. God is just a limited concept. Exactly. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. All right. So one thing I like to say with it is to me. What happens in the recovery is you get led to the point where you realize uh, you turn your will and your life over the care of a higher power of its own understanding, basically. And so that becomes revelatory. Mm -hmm. Yes? So now you're in an I don't know, and then you find out what that power is. Yes? Instead of framing it with a very small view or a very small understanding, you give up the understanding and it's quite revelatory. Mm -hmm. All right, so... And this thing, all we're doing here is describing, and we're not just talking about AA, I just started that. We're talking more about uh, the basic condition, the mental state, and then the being state. Yes? The being state can't be arrived at through the mental state. 
So it has to be, in a sense, you have to look at your interest and attention can't be directed by a mental state to find relief from the mental state. It needs, the interest and attention needs to be freed from the mental state. And how I saw that happen in my own, of my own life is that I lost interest in the center of the mental state called self-centeredness. I lost interest in the self, the feeling of being the doer, the feeler, the thinker, all like this. And by losing interest in it, yes, that's how I got the radical relief. Not by being very interested in, in getting out of self, but by realizing I was never in self. Yeah. It's a different way. It's sort of like, instead of trying to find a method to get out of somewhere, you realize you were never in that somewhere. So it doesn't take a second, it doesn't take any time to get out of what you've never been in. Yeah. It's just a recognition. It recognition, and that's what I was attempting to say in the beginning, as... as as far as you go to know that power that you believe is working in your life, if the closer you get to it, the more it's recognized as being exactly right where you are. Yeah. So the more you seemingly get to the idea of God, and I'm just using that terminology, that what happens is there's less attention and interest in the self, and then in, when you meet God, it's you, basically. So like Maharaj Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. So in this approach, you're going out, and you're trying to know God, but if you so happen to get to the point where you know God, you're being God. Yeah? So we're just going, what would happen if you just questioned that central reference point, and you saw you weren't that, you wouldn't need to go out anywhere. You'd realize you never could, you never left where you wanted to get to. Yeah? Like the idea of being in a moment. The idea of working hard to get into the moment is based on a belief you could be out of a moment. Now, if you really look at it, have you ever been out of any moment in this life, in your life? No, you haven't. So the absurd idea is that you can, you're trying to get into what you can't be out of. Yeah? And the idea with self is it's an idea. You weren't fixated in it when you were a baby. The research says there was no sense of me or other when I was like 12 months old and stuff like that. A mental state got developed with the brain and there was an organizing idea of the brain to say, hey, all this that's going on is going on to me, a, a someone affiliated as a body, but not with the qualities of a body, but with qualities of like consciousness and all this and all that. And that me became the central figure of its organizing idea. And I found in my life, a lot of my interest and attention left the other gates of feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, and started just being mulling over everything that was seen, heard, tasted, and touched. And I started, my head, my interest and attention started to abide up here. Yeah? And it went over every movement I made and other people made. I used to fake like I was asleep when I was a kid. I shared a room with my brother. And my brother and my mother, I, I would think like I was asleep. My brother and my mother would be in the room, and I was listening to see if they'd say anything about me. Because I had no fucking idea who I was. So I was hoping, and I'd stay up like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? This is insanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? So your intent, interest and intention gets sucked up here, and up here is an interpretation about what's going on. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I wasn't in an abusive situation, when I was playing, there was no worry of thoughts about will I be playing next week because next week hadn't set up yet. 
I didn't have a strong idea of time until I grew up a little more. Yeah? So the, all these ideas, the idea of getting out, you know, getting into the moment was absurd when I was a kid because it was obvious I could not be not in the moment. Yeah? We just grew into some insane impossibilities. And I'll tell you, the obsession with self is, like they say in recovery, the problem is, real, is in the mind. It's in the mental state. Not in mind, it's in the mental state, which is different than mind. Mind is mind is big, big, big. The mental state is an activity through the brain. Yeah? That mental state is producing a sense of being a self by using everything that it comes in contact with and claims it in some way. So the feelings are used to promote you because they're held as my feelings. The thoughts are used to promote you because they're held as your thoughts. Yeah? The seeing is used to promote you because you're the seer of it. The hearing is used to promote you because it's, it's cast as you're the hearer of everything. And so on and so forth. And this glue is applied all day. It can't create the bondage, but it can make it seem like it's so. It's like those kids, my friend Andy Ford when I was a kid, he was a very good like artist, stick artist. So he'd get like an 80 page white thing and do a different drawing and 80 pages and when he went like this, it looked like a movie. You know what I mean? They were all separate, but he went like, that's what the selfing does. It takes all these little moments and sets it up and then you think there's this long lasting independent separate entity. I was there, therefore I will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you like it or not, or you believe in it or not. You can agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. This is an invitation, you know? It's as simple as that. It's not, we're not trying to indoctrinate anyone. I could care less what, what people do with it. It's out of my jurisdiction as soon as I come out here. But it's basically an invitation, yeah? See if it resonates. If it does, maybe, maybe entertain it. If it doesn't, leave it, you know? So this whole idea, in my own experience, was this. I was trying to get out of self through a lot of practices, like meditations, this and that, for years. But I didn't know that was I was trying to get out of self as a self. And that was the problem. Yeah? The vehicles couldn't take me out of where I wanted to get out of because I got in all the vehicles. I took me with me. So, when I went to that three-week retreat in Thailand, I was there, yeah? And, that, and, that, and therefore, all the 13 hours of meditation just produced a sense of being a meditator, yeah? All the 10 days fast produced a sense of being a faster. All the, all the studying produced a sense of being a studier, <laughs> you know? It was always, always, no matter how noble the occupation or activity was, it would still claim it, Yeah? So now, instead of having tattoos and black leather jackets, I had a loving gaze, and I could sit very quietly. But it was the same old, same old. The selfing was selfing like crazy. And I thought you could do something to stop it. But it can, it can, it can occupy anything you do. The most noble 5,000-year-old tradition act, it will jump right on and claim it. And so finally it exhausted itself. I heard this message just like tonight. The lady was probably a lot nicer than me, but just like tonight, she laid the message out, and it was like an unspoken yes. Yeah? Something hit me in the gut, or it hit me prior to knowing I knew. Yeah? 
it just resonated, and so I entertained. I picked the book up. I, if it was here, I would have picked up a non-duality book in this place. I read a few, went to see some people, liked some, didn't like some, but the message was getting some, some juice in it, yeah? And then I realized it wasn't another technique of meditation I needed. I had to see who the meditator was, yeah? Because it's the meditator that produces the need to meditate, not the state of being, the meditator. And the meditator was a mental state in my experience. And the seeker was a mental state in my experience. Yeah. And so now, well, they say like this, I was trying to say with the A movement, the seeker will find out that it was the sort. Maybe through the higher power, that's what happens. You turn your willing life to the care of higher power, and then over time it's going to show you you were the sword all along. You were what you were looking for. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. You are what's looking right at this very second. It's framed as who's looking, and that's where the, that's where this, like the, the little film, it's like putting saran wrap around your head. So let's say you're seeing right now, and someone puts one, one, thing of saran wrap, you'd still be seeing pretty clearly. Yeah? Then two saran wrap, it's starting to get a little thicker. Now you're trying to remember what you saw a second ago. So now you're based on memory. Then three or four saran and you can still be saying you're seeing, but now you're looking through like 15 layers of saran wrap. You're pretty much just in a speculation. Yeah? You're just using memory to touch everything because you have no fucking idea what's going on. You're seeing, but you can't see. Yeah? That, to me, is the form of looking called self-centeredness. That's what it is. It's still seeing, but it's been bastardized into a form of looking, and it produces... What it does is it causes us to be blind to what's seeing. Because now when we speculate on who we are, we speculate as who we are as a body, as a historical action figure who's defined by time, incredibly defined by time. So if I'm having peace right now, I may get worried I won't be having it tomorrow. How's that peace? If I talk to people today, they're going, no, I will be okay. Their okayness now is totally auctioned off, but they hope they will be okay. Maybe tomorrow or in a couple hours from now. People come to these talks, I love this feeling in this room, but what am I going to feel Tuesday? They're just pledging allegiance to time, letting that override this event. Yes? Mm-hmm. See it. Most, when I was, I walk, take hikes with people, and sometimes you see them, their head is three steps ahead of them, because they're thinking about tomorrow's hike. Or what, you know, do they have that bologna sandwich when they hit the peak and stuff? And it's like, it's very difficult to seem to get right where you are. You know? It's incredible. It's very difficult just to, to, just to have the, just the obvious recognition, this is what's going on. Yeah? That's being caused. That's not a random event. It's something that's being manufactured. In the thought system, right now. It's not like you were bonded 20 years ago in Des Moines, Iowa. It's a possibility the mental state's offering you. It says, hey, bro, let me tell you the story of you. 
And it's, oh, I think I've heard this before, but it's me. So I just love it. I just keep going back. And it's like an old radio station. Golden oldies, fucking old day. Oh, K-Paul. Oh, yes. You have to see, see it or don't see it. Put a marquee outside here. Marquee, movie tonight. The story of Paul. I bet you there'd be 30 Pauls here. And a couple of girlfriends who went out with a Paul who want to be right about what an asshole Paul was. And they come in, and then everyone's here, and terrible jujubes, stale popcorn, but they're going to sit around because the movie's about them. You know what I mean? Now, I know it's about me, so i got the doors locked and everything. The movie starts, and it takes them one minute, and their interest is gone. Right? They were totally interested as when they were thinking it was about them, but as soon as they realized it's not about them, where, did, where, where does the interest go? Follow that, because that's where that's the key. So, But there I am, watching, and there's a, there's a scene at 11 in the morning, Tuesday, the phone rings. I'm like, watch this. Is it my fairy princess? Did I get the job? <laughs> no one's bored. They're all bored stiff. They're sleeping. I'm just totally interested. Why? Is the movie that good? It's about me. <laughs> thought, my thought. You don't see any difference in me? Seriously? Thought, money, my money, sex, my sex. You don't see a difference in that? It's instant weight. Where is it? Is it coming from sex, the interest, the excess weight? Or is it coming through the mind? What's behind the mind? Not sex. Sex is out there. What's behind the mind? That's where the meaning's coming from. The my is the bridge. The my is the bridge that connects you to the me cloud, and the me cloud is just possibilities, old ideas, conditionalities, and they come in here, and they get injected into the thoughts, and you see thoughts from that. Based on that condition, that's the effect the thought will have that day. It's like that. This today, I'm in good condition. It's not a problem. Tomorrow, I'm not feeling good. It's a huge problem. The next day, I'm in good shape. It's not a problem. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It's really neither. It's the meaning I give it. Yeah. The meaning isn't based on that thing. It's based on me. And it is truly based on me, unless you realize you're not that me. Then we'll be based somewhere else, and you may like what you see better. You may travel lighter in a stabilized manner. You may have some disinterest in thoughts that will produce a space around them. So you'll sense what the thoughts are appearing in, not having all your attention glued to the thought, but you'll sense the space of mind. All you need is a little bit of space. And that space is the disintegration of that imaginary bridge of mind. Interest and attention leads the mental state. Where may it land? I would say maybe the being state. Yeah? The being is not of time because it's not trying to complete itself. It's totally complete, so it's looking to express, not to achieve and get and have. And it's a much more subdued, open-ended, lot more possibility state. And it's not centered on self. It's almost like a vertical 
insertion or a vertical download instead of a horizontal download, which is what selfing is, yes? Selfing is always all about yesterday and tomorrow, and the verticality of this moment, this moment, this present, this timeless event in every t- bit of time, that insertion is also happening at the same time. Our interest attention in the identification as a self is caught in the orbiting, the horizontal download, which is all about me, yesterday and tomorrow, and we're not aware, we're aware of it, but we're not paying any attention to the vertical download, which is like some of its indications are intuition, knowing the difference, the wisdom to know the difference, things like that, the pause. The pause is not initiated by the horizontal thing, the pause is not initiated in the horizontal download. It's initiated in the vertical download. The horizontal download wants to drag your attention into the next moment. It wants you to be current, concerned about tomorrow. It wants you to be reflecting on yesterday. The pause has nothing to do with yesterday or tomorrow. I believe the pause is our original face, tell you the truth. We're not a thing. Yeah? That pause is what we are. Like in Buddhism, they say, that's your original face. It's not a thing. Yeah? In recovery, we talk about it, the pause, which is something, something occurs, some moment in time gets intersected by this timelessness, and something freezes the basic old patterns of me, and your life can go a different direction. Yeah? Instead of going down that same old, same old path, suddenly you go down a new path. And in recovery, we have manipulated pauses called meetings. So you can go into a meeting, and you may have a, your head may be on a train of self-will, and you're going to have a really bad day if it continues. It derails it. You walk out, and you're going in a whole new direction. And you didn't do a damn thing. You just sat down for an hour. Yes? Because there's some grace involved. That pause, that pause is, doesn't have to be a momentary event. It can be always available at all times because it is always available at all times. You can sense that presence. Not as, not as an intervention between a long, doled out daily interpretation, but as all there is. That sense of presence is all there is. Time is appearing in it. I'm just using that as a thing. <clears throat> as a, no, no, I mean, you're using it, but I'm trying to... Well, don't try to understand it. Just let it sink in, really. You'll sense it. You'll See, when you get out of the mental state, you'll be able to recognize the mental state. You really will. It's sort of like we always use the term gravity, where you, no one today in San Rafael was complaining about the effects of gravity. I bet you not one person. Now, one person was at the cafe saying, oh, man, my left shoulder, gravity's on it, how heavy. And usually if someone's walking up a steep hill, they blame the hill, but it's gravity that's causing the effect, yes? No one is. No one's fucking noticing at all because it's on the body all day. But the only way you know its effects is by going into an anti-gravity chamber. When you went into the anti-gravity chamber and you experienced the absence of gravity, you would therefore know what gravity was, Yes? by its absence. That's exactly what happens. 
When you realize you're not a self, you'll know exactly what it is, and it ain't. It's as simple as that. When you have a sense of being out of self, yeah, you're, something's going to distill, and this distill is, I'm not that. Yeah? But you can never get it as that. While you're identified as that, and you say, I'm not that, you're, you're saying, I'm not that as that. It doesn't work. But when you realize you know the problem from the solution, that's where the real seeing of the problem is. You know it. And that solution informs you the problem is inherently imaginary. And as soon as that's seen, there's no need for a solution. When you're in the problem, there's a real need for a solution. When you see the problem from the solution, the problem isn't truly real. Therefore, there's no need for a solution. It's like the atheists, you know, they have a problem with the idea of God, but they're really just entertaining another belief. Mm -hmm. It's a negative belief, but there's a presence of belief still. Mm -hmm. They don't know what it is to not have belief. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, you can't get out of what you've never been in. You actually have never been in a mental state. There's been many mental states, but you've never been in one. You've been seeing the mental state, but not from the mental state. What you are is the seeing of the mental state. I remember when I came to these talks, and the first one I came to was in Berkeley. And this lady said something, and I raised my hand to share, and I said, man... I came in here, and just by listening to what she said, I said, I came in here, and I was, I was thinking I was observing mental states and emotional states arising, yes? But I realized what was observing it was another mental state, yeah? <laughs> yeah? It's like this. It's like that thing with, uh, if you have realizations, here's a realization, right? Something dawns on you. A big thing can change your life. So there's the realization happens, and then another realization happens. Another realization happens. And it's pretty cool, but there's still this, the, the sense of I'm having the realizations, yeah? But what, ha- what can happen is, what happens with this message is here's the realization, and then the realization goes like this, and you're seen from over here. Not, yeah? Not you having realizations to better you, but you see that incessant urge to better you. <laughs> And when you realize it's not you, the urge to better it weakens incredibly. <laughs> you see? Here, the urge to better me is very, very strong. Tons of realizations. I got a big spiritual mantle. Got tons of fucking spiritual epiphanies up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a spiritual person, right? But this... <coughs> Jesus Christ, you get caught with your pants down, so to speak, like this, and you realize there isn't, this is not me. This is being seen. I must be that which is seeing this. Therefore, I can't be this which is looking. Yeah? I must be that which is seeing this, and therefore I can't be that which is looking. So if you're really crazy, you'd never know it. Well, that's a, it's your experience, Robert, yes? True. <laughs> exactly. So if you're really sane. You don't need to know it. You'll be enjoying being sane. 
knowing it is like a booby prize, really, if you look at it. Did you know you were happy when you were a kid? You were just happy, playing. You didn't have to tell, you know, oh, I, 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 know, I know I'm happy. No, that's later when you're not happy. You know what I mean? You try to rationalize not being happy with, I, I am happy. Look at what I have and look at what I do. And, but when you're a kid, you're not, on the, you're not in that existential angst, you know? Yeah. At least I was. I wasn't in an abusive situation, so it was pretty chilled. Yeah. A lot of the feelings or the sense of awe and wonder that, that's available now was readily available then. Then it seemed like 40-year desert where the wonder and awe and everything got really arid and I was way up that ass itself looking for some divine proctologist to pull me out. But I had the habit of going right back in. And, uh, oh man, it was smelly up there. And then... Uh, Recovery started a ball rolling, and like it says in, in Bill W. says, there's going to be many awakenings. You know? It started a ball rolling that led me in my ninth year to hear this message outside of recovery. And to me, recovery is a path to illumination, but this illuminates any path you're on. Yeah, It's not a path to illumination. It isn't. But it will illuminate whatever path you're on. Because you're going to be on that path and you are the light. A lot of people are attempting to use a path to illuminate themselves, but you are the illuminating factor. You are the light. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to me, it's like one of the things, a lot of things occurred, but the need to be liberated was totally dropped. Because the only thing that needs to be liberated is what you're not. What you are doesn't need any liberation at all. But what you're not needs a whole lot of liberation. Yeah. It's just an identification. That's all. It's a simple little slip. Your reference is on being a body, knowing it or not. That reference point. It's very subtle, but it frames everything. And you'll realize that when it stops framing everything in your life. You'll get a sense. If you get a free sample, you'll see exactly what self is by realizing you're not it. You'll see it. Yeah. And it doesn't have that quality. Selfing has never seen a damn thing. All it is is remembering. It just remembers. It's like after 50 pieces of saran wrap, it doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on here. But it's got too much pride to admit it. So it's just speculating on past references. Every girlfriend you meet is just the same girlfriend, yeah? You go to Thailand, it's just like Berlin, you know, after a few weeks. It's just that you keep framing everything. Whatever you come in contact, you make it something to fit your little reference instead of abandoning that reference and then fitting yourself around that, which is being awesome. That's what happens. Knowing it or not, I, I would pretty much guarantee it because I've watched it a lot in my own life and in other people's lives. Like, and there's a great Zen master called Hoang Po. You ever want to read something? Teachings of Hoang Po by John Blofeld, I recommend. It's an old one. He has one of the clearest descriptions of Big Mind. And he says something pretty emphatically. He says, 
you can't use the mind to seek the mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. Yeah? You can do it for eons and nothing will happen. You're not gonna you can't use a mental state to get out of a mental state. It'll just get into another mental state. Just see if you're the center of the mental state. Are you a self? Are you a body? Are you a historical figure? Are you sure you were here yesterday? And are you sure you're going to be here tomorrow? If you're not that, then you're not going to be in this situation of trying to use mind to seek mind. You'll just realize something and there'll be no need to seek because you are mind. Yeah? It just snaps it. It cuts it right off at the root. The mind seeking mind must be based on an identification as something that it's not. It would be mind identifying as something that it's not and then in that vehicle trying to seek itself. And he says it's going to fail. If you do it for eons, you're never going to find it. Because it's the way you're looking that's off. Yeah, You are mind. It's just like that sheep wanting to become like a lion. It sounds great if you were really a sheep, but maybe you're a lion already. If you are a lion already and you're in the state of being a sheep and you're trying to become like a lion, you can try to become like a lion for fucking ever and you're not going to be a lion because you already are a lion. But you're never going to become a lion as a sheep. The act of being identified is the idea of being a sheep while you're a lion. And even though you get interested in being a lion and you'd like to acquire the, the talents and qualities of a lion, you'll be trying to add them on to a sheepness, yeah, which will defeat the purpose. And no matter how great a sheep you'll become, you'll probably feel a little irritable, restless, and discontent because you're a fucking lion. Yeah? Something's not going to trip. It's not going to be enough not to, you know, to be a sweater next year. You may have an urge for more. Yeah? What would happen is just recognize what you're not, and then you'll and you'll find out what you are. And maybe you won't need to look to become a lion; you'll be one. The old story is the old lion takes the young lion that's forgot itself as a lion, pulls its head over upon the water. They both see each other's reflections. The old lion says, "The young lion roar, roar," and he roars. A, a day before he was taking himself to be a sheep, he was signing up for roaring lessons the lion. He was like, you know, straightening its, his, he's curling its hair to be more like a sheep. But as soon as he saw its reflection, bingo, did it have to take a three-month course to learn how to roar? No. It had the innate ability to roar, which was never being accessed, because it was, there was an identification as a sheep in place, and that was all there was. Just like in recovery, all there was in me was taking self to be me was preventing my mind to be able to entertain I can be free from it because I was identified as it. I was trying to be free as a self instead of freedom from self. Yeah, When I had a download and it was clearly shown that I'm not that, that selfing is a parasitical movement or a foreign installment, the first thing my mind can entertain, I can be free from it. And I've been trying to be free as it for years. For years. 
Suddenly, bammo, the information so purely clean. I'm not that. Next idea, I can be free from it. I am that. I can be free as it. That's what was happening. The stated falsity was I am that, and all I can do with that is I can be free as it. I'll get it, you know, therapized. I'll tie it to it. I'll, I'll, I'll limit my affairs. I'll pray for Maybe I'll have a three-month relationship or not slip out at the next picnic. You know, very low-level ideas of success, you know. But as soon as I saw it as a foreign installment, my mind went immediately to I can be free from it. And then that freedom actualized. Because the freedom or that urge was there, but there was something missing. And it was that slight identification as what I wasn't. I was preventing that possibility to be entertained. The mind can entertain it. If, it, if the possibility showed itself, it would have entertained it. But the possibility had been commandeered by the identification. So now, the only way I entertained freedom was as Paul for Paul, through Paul, or through a Steve, or through a guru, or through something, yeah? But not from Paul. And that's what happened. And it's been registering and resonating now for I don't know how many, 17 years. And for me, it turns in just to a stabilized traveling lighter in your life. That's what happens. I travel lighter over the, all the years I've been here since then. And it doesn't say it's going to change the geography of your life. You'll just travel lighter whatever your life has in store for you as this action figure. You'll travel lighter over it. Or like we say in AA, you'll practice Rule 62. Don't take yourself so seriously. And there's no more seriousness than being it, I'll tell you that. Being identified as self, you can't take it more seriously than that. And it says in recovery again, why are you in so much fear today? doesn't let you answer, which was a good move, because it would have been a 900-page book, all the stories. It says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? All right. So if self-reliance is the Petri dish where fear arises out of, what form of reliance could, would be the highest form of reliance? I would say identification as a self. You couldn't be more relied on self than that, taking yourself to be it. I mean, I can't see how more reliable you could be on self than be identified as it. So if that's the Petri dish, if you follow the big book, that's what it says. Why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? So fear isn't a cause. Fear is an effect of a cause. And the cause is identification as a self. There you have it. <laughs> I believe you can explain what we're not. I do. I don't believe you can learn what you are. I, can, I believe you can only find out what you are. And truly, you find out what you are by learning what you're not. You know, like There's a great Zen master, Dojen, who said, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. If you study the self, which we're doing right now, You'll real, maybe you'll entertain that it's not you, and, it, and if it's not you, you'll lose interest in it. And that's forgetting the self. And like St. Francis says, you know, all this great shit happens when in self-forgetting. In self-forgetting, you're sort of reborn. Yes? That's exactly it. Why is it so important to forget the self? You must be under a huge activity called remembrance of self. 
if it isn't truly so, then it has to be seems has to seem to be so, and then it has to be produced. Yeah. If something has no light or no reality, then the only reality you could have is that it seems to be real. Yeah. So if self isn't actually real now, how can it seem to be real now? By remembering it in the past, and by remembering it through worrying about the future. You're remembering self every time there's thoughts about you as a and when you, when your thought system thinks about you, it's pictured as a body. That's the only way it can get it can picture you anywhere. So four years ago, you're thinking about you. Four years ago, you're pictured as a body. You couldn't picture you as a spirit. How would oh, there's the spirit walking through Atlantic City, you know? <laughs> where, where I don't see it, you know. But there's Paul in Atlantic City. Oh yeah, I recognize it. That's me. Yeah. So I'm remembering Paul by thinking in Paul about Paul in the past. But where do I remember Paul now? So if my thought system is thinking about me yesterday, or is always referring to a me from yesterday, then in that remembrance, where is the remembering of Paul occurring now, right? And when I'm worrying about Paul, or the thought system is, in the future, that's a form of remembering. And where is that remembering happening? It's happening now. But it's using the idea of a future to remember itself, yeah? So the mental state is remembering itself all day by thoughts in the past and the future. So that what? So that you'll forget what you are by remembering what you're not. And it does a damn good job in time. It does. What would happen? You want to fight those thoughts that go back to you five years ago or realize that's not you? If you realize that's not you, your attention and interest won't follow the thoughts. It will jump off like at the first stop and come back to the station. It's just not going to go there anymore because it doesn't have enough interest to go into no-no land. It's totally imaginary four years ago. And it's imaginary three years from now. It, has, it will lose all the steam it had because the only thing that was pulling it back there and forward is it's you. What would happen if you cut off that? Find out. I found out. I lost interest in the thought system. And if the thought system isn't paid attention to, the sense of self isn't being produced, and then you get a sense of being as the dominant state. Instead of mental state dominating the being, the being dominates the mental state, and you have freedom from the bondage of self. Right now, right now, right now, as an activity, not as a thing that happened, or a thing that's going to happen, but as an activity. Two possibilities being offered, an interpret mental interpretation, and then the rest or the violence in being. They're both available. One is through time, and one's right now. Yeah. Your interest and attention will rest in one or the other. Yes? If it rests here and 51% of your stock goes into being, you'll have immunity to the thought system. So when you share at some place and the head starts telling you, oh, I should have said this or should have said that, you won't pay much fucking attention to it because it's not about you. It's that simple.
Someone on this is in another room here. Someone who I'd like to have a an affair with, let's say. She's gonna. I'm gonna have probably my first child in life. You should be, better hurry up fast. <laughs> and she, I never even talked to her, but I have a lot of interest in her because she means a lot. You know what I mean? She's gonna save me in some form and everything like that. So I'm supposed to be doing this activity, but my interest and attention seems that much more important. What she's saying in there, because I want to hear if she says something about me. Hey, I like that guy, Paul. You know what I mean? Oh, that would be an in. So I'd sort of saddle up, you know, like, haphazardly when she went to get coffee. Oh, hello. Oh, would you like that? <laughs> so, so here I am. So someone says, Paul, you should be paying attention to what you're doing. And I'm in total agreement, but I can't. You know, I don't have no control over this, the attention. It goes where it wants to go. And another person puts a book on her desk says, How to Lose Interest in a Conversation in Another Room. I pace through it. I believe in the principles, but it doesn't have any power over me because that means a lot to me. Finally, she says, hey, I like that guy, Scott, and my name is Paul. What happens? Do I have to pull my interest and attention out of that room? It immediately, it immediately leaves that room. And where does it arrive? Find out where it arrives. But it immediately leaves it. Immediately. As soon as it's not about me... I don't, I don't give a shit. Same thing with the thought system. Same, exact same principle. If they're not about you and you're not the thinker of them, you'll lose interest in them and you'll gain interest in others like we say in recovery or maybe you'll gain interest in being and when you do, you'll have an immunity by what, uh, against what used to defeat you every fucking day. With no war, with no armaments, with no vigilance but a relaxed awareness, resting in being will produce an immunity to the mental state. It has to. Yes? Any, anyone? Any more? Something I'd like to say. Please, this is not a question. Uh, Paul, I will tell you that um, I uh, really have benefited from the information that gets shared. And uh, the traveling lighter thing, it, it, uh, uh, the way uh, anxiety uh, kind of bounces off of me because of this uh, uh, explanation that is kind of a schematic a schematical look at how this, uh, at how this system short circuits and how to prevent that stuff. But I have to wonder, and, and this isn't a question, and I'm not uh, <laughs> urging you to reflect, but you do bring up, um, or I should say I wonder, you bring up how in our youth, um, this was before the self, that these, uh, these behaviors happened without the selfing, uh, uh, selfing's influence, forgive me if I'm using the words wrong, I'm, I, I'm curious, I have to wonder if you've ever pondered, and I don't need an answer, whether what developmental stage that the selfing begins, and or what um, what happens socially, psychologically, emotionally to uh, a being as they're growing up, where all of a sudden uh, that uh, innocence or that that um, that being starts uh, being uh, uh, replaced with mental stating, I guess. I know. I think it's just more the mental state sort of commandeers the interest and attention. Yeah? 
and gets sort of sucked. It sort of gets sucked up. Yeah, like, you know, I saw it with my mother's disapproval in her face once. That was when I started to feel guilty. I never, I can tell I had, didn't have any of it before then. I was running around naked in my backyard with a, a neighbor kid. And my mother stuck her head out the kitchen window and she had this real, Paul, get in here! And I felt bad, you know, so I'd done wow. something wrong. And then introspection started and it never lost any steam until well, quite a while later. Introspection, I started to look at that one who did that, yeah? Where before there was just doing it, you know? Suddenly I was looking at the one that did it and it had a lot of holes in there, yeah? A lot of holes, and I never really came to any solid conclusion about it, and it made it, my life very uncomfortable until I found alcohol and drugs, and then I got relief from it somewhat. But you know, geez, the you know, <laughs> I didn't know if I would have known what was in the small details of the contract, I would never sign the papers. But you know that uh, I just saw it all get sucked up. My interest and tension. You know, oh man, just got sucked up here, you know, and everything was thought about. Like, I remember one time I was 11 years old, I was walking through the hallway at school, and a pretty girl said hello to me, and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. I just pondered it on and on and on. Does she like me? Doesn't she? I just went over every point of view you could possibly take on that and she probably didn't even it was it was just a one blip out of millions in her day but the whole day I was fixated on that I had a lot of that going on you know faking like I was asleep to get some clue about what's going I mean it was insane and of course I needed relief and I found it with alcohol and drugs you know but it's like they say it's a rapacious creditor it demands more and more and more so something's not a natural state of mind, really, then. I don't know. I don't think any state of mind is natural, actually. But I don't know. I don't care about that. What I know now is if, to me, what I was looking for, with all the different names put it, enlightenment, awakening, was an ease and comfort in my skin and an ease and comfort in my situations. Yeah? like a stabilized traveling lighter on what my days seem to have in them, you know, what life seems to be presented as. And just to have a traveling lighter. And once you sort of have that, or you start sensing that, you lose all this meaning to awakening and enlightenment. It doesn't mean a damn thing. It's actually driving people crazy, those words. Yeah? Awakening has driven people crazy, especially in these circles of non-duality. Driven people, enlightenment, which means the cessation or the ending of all suffering, is being used to produce mental suffering in this room. I mean, in this place. Tons of angst happens in Open Secret Bookstore. I'm sure. I bet you're reading these books in here. Fuck. Tons of shit. It's like that Lowe's department store logo. Uh, Never stop improving. (laughs) That's what it's like. To me, the Urban Renewal Project has been canceled. (laughs) <laughs> it's like no more fucking no more budget upgrades to keep building Paul I just realize I'm not Paul <laughs> and Paul's doing much better for it <laughs> Paul is doing great without being Paul <laughs> Paul's finally getting healthy it's like the body if it could really sing on its own it would be hallelujah 
when that mental hen gets off of it, <laughs> of, of making it the center of the universe, the body is so fucking happy. Fuck, I can fart now, or whatever. You know, just fuck, sweat, do whatever happens. <laughs> it's just, you'd be surprised where the uh, relief is, man. You just get relief from the need to be liberated, which is a very strong need in spiritual circles. It's just an illness. I mean, in spiritual groups, does this ever happen? Let's say, there isn't someone that'll come up to you like this. Uh, you've had enough, Satsang. You've had this, you've been too many meetings this month. No, no. No. <laughs> no. There's no interventions. But this is an illness, a mental illness. Seeking? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Because the seeking is in of itself the point. People are scared shit of finding. They'll just keep seeking and seeking and seeking because it's safe there, because that keeps producing the seeker. But if you're the sort, what gets negated is the seeker. When you're the sort, it negates the seeker. And that's what the mental state wants to be. The mental state wants to be identified. And what you are isn't identified. It doesn't need any identification. It is. Yeah? And the mental state finds very little interest in that. It wants to be something. It doesn't want to be. It wants to be something. Selfing is is a desire to become and unbecome. That's what it is. It's a mental agitation that begets agitation. Selfing is a desire to become a self. It's a mental state that has a drive or desire to become a body, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity with the attributes of spirit. And also, it assumes that it's something it wants to unbecome, like the feeling of being a loser or something, or not lovable or something like that. So the selfing, it's like the engine of the mental state, it's desiring to become and desiring to unbecome. Yeah? It can never fulfill the mission. Self can the mental state can never build and make a true self. It can only make it appear to be so, to what is so. We are the reality. We are the reality that's lending itself to things through this thing. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. When something really feels as real as real can be, where is it getting that feeling from? But reality. It's getting it from us. False evidence appears real. The fear acronym in AA. False evidence appears real. The only way it can appear real, it has to appear real to someone. It has to appear real to someone. It can't appear real. It's false. It can't be real. It can only appear to be real to what is real. We are the reality. Not as Paul, but as what's seen through Paul. We are the reality. Have you ever seen The Course in Miracles? It's a book. Lesson two. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. What the... Where else... Where could, where could meaning come from but the reality? Where the reality here? We are. Like, it's, if you're in the Course... You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this dream, which is the state many of us seem to get into, right? We are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming the dream. 
And in that, in that state, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That object that's being dreamt, its power to affect me, doesn't come from the object, it comes from me. I gave it the meaning it has, and then that meaning bites me on my fake ass. <laughs> and because I take it to be real, it's a real fucking bite, seemingly. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming. My sense of how we forget that we're dreaming, or that we're the dreamer, is we're remembering we're a self. Yeah? The remembering of being a self gives, puts us in a state of forgetting that we're not a self, you're, or the dreamer. In that state, we give everything we dreamt. This, everything, this has been dreamt. We give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. It describes every day of every person's life in the planet, if you really look at it. So if nothing has any meaning other than what it's given to, where is all the meaning lying? In us. Where the reality? And we're forgetting that by taking ourselves to be a body. We forget that we're the reality. We take our ourselves to be the dreamt object. Now the dreamt tiger can scare the shit out of us. And we can read all the books about how cohabitating in a small space with a tiger, it's still not going to work. You're going to have angst because that tiger is as real as real can be to you. But you're not real. So this is seeing you're not the dreamt object. Then you won't be afraid of the dreamt tiger. Just like when you wake up from a dream and you realize the tiger wasn't real, are you still afraid of it? No. This is what's happening. You are that. It's a possibility. Let it become a possibility. Not to you, but ask the question, are you that you? And then all possibilities can become available. The sense of self gives you such a limited amount of possibilities. I was okay once. I will be okay, I hope. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to be in time. I don't give a damn what you say. You're going to be moved. The big hand of time is going to be on your back every day, moving you to a bigger, better day ahead. On and on. You're going to be living like you're on those little sidewalks at the airports. You see something you like, but you just keep, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And when you're produced as a self, there's a feeling that you were prior to all the production. That's the sense of self. The sense of self gives you a historical hit. The fish grabs the bait, and then the fish thinks it's a historical fish. As soon as it buys the bait, then it gets to be a historical fish. It's made up. You can see it. You have the awareness. It's right there. It's right there. It's what's looking right now. That's it, and I mean it.